know, Karen asked you to think of that one that you love the very most on this earth and to know that God loves it more. I'm going to take that the other direction. Think of the person that you dislike the most. God loves him. God loves that person. Matter of fact, Jesus died for him. And we're called to love our enemies. Are we not? To love our enemies. If you're hungry, feed him. Clothe him. Even your enemies, those that you dislike the most, are to love them because he loved them, right? Our message this morning as we continue in 1 Corinthians, we're all the way up to chapter 11 now. It's called a symbol of authority. Hear the word of the Lord. It's Paul speaking. Imitate me, just as I also imitate Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions just as I delivered them to you. But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonors his head. So who is he dishonoring? Christ, because Christ is his head. So he'll be dishonoring Christ and the Father because God is the head of Christ. So every man, every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. For this is the one and the yeah, for this is one and the same as if her head were shaved. For if a woman is not covered, let her also be shorn. But if it is shameful for a woman to be shorn or shaved, let her be covered. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God. But a woman is the glory of man. For man is not from woman, but woman from man. Nor was man created for woman, but woman for man. For this reason the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, neither is man independent of woman, nor woman independent of man in the Lord. For as woman came from man... Even so, man also comes through woman, but all things are from God. Judge among yourselves, is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Do not even, does not even nature itself teach us that if a man has long hair, it is a dishonor to him, but if a woman has long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given to her for a covering. But if anyone seems to be contentious, we have no such custom, nor do the churches of God. May God add His blessings to the hearing and the reading of His Word. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank You and praise You for Your Word. And we thank You, Father, for the authority that Christ has over the church. And Father, may we as a church, as a people, be faithful to submit to Christ and submit to the, His authority and Your authority, Father. I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit be in this place today, that you would speak to our hearts and minds and help us to receive what you have for us, Father. And help us, Lord, to reach the lost. Father, help us to love our enemies. Help us to be faithful, Father, to, to be your hands and your feet and to be your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, most probably know, maybe not everybody does, but you know, when the scriptures were originally written as the apostles and the prophets and the patriarchs wrote the scriptures that we, that we know, they didn't have the breaks with the chapters and the verses. You know, like this letter that we're reading and we're working through to the Corinthians was just one long letter. <clears throat> so 
Thankfully, I mean, I, I'm glad that they do have them. Thankfully, they took and they broke them down into chapters and verses. It makes it a little bit easier to follow, you know. Oh, today I'm going to read this chapter, and tomorrow I'll continue with the next chapter, you know. If you had one big long from the very beginning to the end, you, you wouldn't want to, you know, well, I mean, it'd be good to not stop, but at least we have the breaks and we know, you know, where we pick up tomorrow. But when you read this, I think that verse 1 that I just read actually probably went with the last part of chapter 10. But nonetheless, it's there and I read it. We're going to talk about it because it's a very important verse. Paul said, imitate him as he imitates Christ. He says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Why would he tell them? Why did he have to tell them, imitate himself? Imitate him as he imitates Christ. Well, the answer... Because the believers in Corinth, young believers, they had not witnessed the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ as the generation before them may have. Because many before them, or in those that was around Jerusalem, that area, they got to witness the miracles that Jesus performed. They got to hear the teachings. I mean, many of the earliest ones might have sat there on the mountainside while Jesus was up on top preaching to them, or else they might have been on the shore while He was in the boat preaching. So many may have actually witnessed the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ. These Corinthians have not witnessed the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. So Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Nor did they have the privilege that we have that we can pick this up and we can learn about the life of Jesus Christ. We can learn the things He taught, to learn the things that He did. And they, it, this word tells us, if all that Jesus did was written down, there would not be enough books to contain it all. But thankfully, we have this. So they did not. So they had to trust a faithful minister of the gospel to follow Him, to walk in the ways that He walked. Follow me. Walk and do the things that I do. <clears throat> so here's an important question that we as believers in Jesus Christ can ask ourselves. Could we tell a young believer the same thing? Could we tell a young believer, imitate me as I imitate Christ? Hopefully we can. Hopefully we wouldn't have to say, well, imitate this part, but maybe you better not do this. Because that's, I'm, I'm kind of ornery there. Maybe you shouldn't be imitating that part of me. But there's a few things you can imitate. Paul was faithful. He could tell the Corinthians, imitate everything about his life because he was faithful to follow Christ in all that he had done. Can we do that? Paul instructed believers in other places also to follow his example. In Philippians 3, <clears throat> verses 17 through 20, he says, Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. So, we are the pattern that people watch, right? For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their bellies and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things for our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So there were those that were supposed to be setting the example, but they set their minds on the earthly things. Their desire was for earthly gain, for power, for wealth, for prestige, and all those things. Their goal was not to preach Christ or to magnify Him. 
it was themselves. So to my next point, and one that many may not want to hear, may not like to discuss, and that is the topic of authority. Some people don't like authority. Some people do not like to submit to authority. You know, it's very obvious. Now, when you think of law enforcement, they are those, the authority that protects the people. They are the authority to enforce the laws of our society, right? So it's very obvious that there are a whole lot of people in this nation that do not like to submit to that authority. Uh, we started watching Huckabee again, and he just shared some information the other night that there are more people in prison in the United States than other, any other nation in the world. There are two million people in prison today in the United States. And four million on parole. So that's six million people that I know that do not like to follow authority. They do not like to submit to authority. They're breaking the law. They're either stealing, they're, they're abusing, or they're, they're murdering, or they're lying, or cheating, whatever. They do not like authority. And many people do not even like the authority to have a boss over them. So I encourage them, go start your own business, right? If you don't like to have a boss. But even they will have someone over them in authority. Because let that person not pay their taxes and they're going to find out how much authority the government has, right? When they come and take what they thought they owned. So we all have authority over us. There was a man named Christian Herter. He was the governor of Massachusetts. I'm not sure what year it was. But he was campaigning hard for a second term in office. And one day, he had a very, very busy morning chasing votes. And he didn't even take time for lunch. He arrived early evening at a church for a chicken barbecue. And as Herder moved down the serving line, he held out his plate to the woman that was serving chicken. She put a piece of chicken on his plate and turned to the next person in line. Excuse me, Governor Herder said. Do you mind if I have another piece of chicken? Sorry, the woman told him. I'm supposed to give one piece of chicken to each person. But I'm starved, the governor said. Sorry, the woman said again, only one to a customer. Governor Herder was a modest and assuming man, but he decided that it was time to throw a little weight around. He says, do you know who I am? He says, I'm the governor of this state. The woman looked at him and said, do you know who I am? I'm the woman in charge of the chicken. Move along, mister. <laughs> I read that and I just chuckled and laughed. I thought, i got to share that one. He thought he had authority, didn't he? He didn't even have authority over the chicken. <laughs> I loved it. It's good to laugh, right? Amen. <laughs> Another scripture on authority concerning Jesus. In Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 9. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak the word and my servant will be healed. I'm going to pause. What an amazing faith. What faith. And a centurion to boot. You just speak the word. I know you don't even have to come. That's how powerful your word is. You speak it, my servant will be well. And he says, for I also am a man under authority having soldiers under me, and I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. 
and to my servant, do this, and he does it. For the centurion to say that I am a man under authority, to me, when you read that, as I read it, I'm thinking, that's a strange way to respond to Jesus saying, I will come. Well, I am a man under the authority. Why would he not have said, I am a man with authority? But he says, I am a man under authority. Because even though he had some authority, he knew, he was a wise man, he knew that he also was under authority. That's why he said, I am a man under authority. Because above a centurion is a senior centurion. Centurion. And above the senior centurion is the 60th centurion of the Roman legion. Above the 60th centurion are the six tribunes. And above the six tribunes, the two councils. And in the imperial system, above the two councils is the emperor himself. So you see, if you study that out, he's at the, le- the end. The end of a long line of authority. Even though he did have authority, he was a wise man. Brothers and sisters, God as our Creator has every right to govern, to have authority over us. I hope you receive that. He has the right because He created us. He formed us. He made us. From the very beginning, we have needed God to govern us and give us authority, right? We know from the very beginning, God created Adam and then Eve. He created Adam and Eve. Then He had authority over them. Of course, we all know that story. He said, you may eat of every tree of the garden, the tree of life, but every tree but one. He had that authority. You could eat over eat any tree but one. They could have eaten from that tree of life every single day and lived for authority. But friends, they rejected God's authority. Plain and simple. They rejected His authority and suffered the consequences of that disobedience. Our God is a God of order. Our God is a God of authority. And He has established the order in which it will be set. The centurion in Matthew wisely accepted and recognized that even though he had some authority, he was still a man under authority. Turning to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Jesus said, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, speaking to the disciples, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So my friends, does this contradict what we just read in 1 Corinthians, where it says, God is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of man. Man is the head of woman. Does that contradict that? Because he says, all authority has been given to me. So is there a contradiction there? No. John 20, 17. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Friends, this is after that where he says, all authority has been given to me. Because this is after his crucifixion and resurrection. He says, my God and your God. So, like the centurion, he's wise enough, the authority has been given to him. But he still recognizes that level of authority, that God is head, that God is in control. 
All right, so I can't avoid the, the one issue for forever, right? I have to talk about it. I'm not really avoiding it. We're going to get to it. What about the passage that the head of woman is man? As a believer, do you receive that? I've just been laying the groundwork, really not avoiding it. God created things in a particular order. And we know that, you know, first He formed the earth, the trees and the plants and the herbs, the sun, the stars, the moons, and all those things, so on and so on. And He said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. So God formed the man, and God has authority over man. And then God took from man, took that rib, and formed the woman, right? So as the Scripture said, woman came from man, not the other way around. Friend, this is the way God orchestrated it. So He has authority over it. We must accept His order of creation. If we reject that order, we are rejecting God's authority. Just letting you know, if you reject the order that God has established, then you are rejecting His authority. Men, this does not mean that your woman or your wife is your slave. That is not what we're, where we're going here. She is not your slave. We need to realize as men that that actually invokes a special responsibility upon us. For the man not only has a responsibility for himself, but also carries responsibility for his wife and for his family. Ephesians, I know that men love to use Ephesians 5.22, Wives, submit to your husbands. And then want to maybe just forget about those that follow, right? Those scriptures that follow. 24 through 28. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Christ gave his life for the church. Brothers, that's the way we are to love our wives. We are to be willing, we should be willing, need to be willing to die for our wife, to sacrifice our life for hers, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. That is how much we should love our wives and care for them, nurture them, take care of them. I think any wife would be willing to respect or submit a husband that loves his wife that way, that much. The head covering. Okay. The scripture said that every woman that prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, meaning her husband, dishonors her husband. Because remember, he is the head of the woman. You know, there are many out there that will wear a head covering when they come to church. We know that the Mennonites, the women wear the little covering, the, the Amish wear the little covering, and others. I've seen women in, in our mainline denominations wear a head covering. So does that mean that we have to? You know, we're not to make fun or criticize those that do. If they're called to wear that covering as a, a, a sign of uh, respect and honoring that authority, then that's what they need to do. 
But when you look at Paul's true purpose for this teaching, you must look at the culture, look what, what he's talking about, why he's teaching them this. Because the church of Corinth, you had two cultural backgrounds colliding. You had two cultures coming together. They had become believers. Well, you had Jews that were becoming believers, and you had the Greeks that were becoming believers, right? Jews and Greeks, Gentiles. You had both believing in Christ and coming together and worshiping together. But the Jews, it was their tradition that the women would wear the head covering to show that they submitted to their husband's authority. The Greeks, however, they did not. So that's causing some contention in this church. Well, why aren't they wearing their head coverings? Well, that's not our tradition. Well, but in our tradition, the women wear that as a sign of respect because for a woman not to wear that covering was a sign of loose morals. Now, women, you don't want others to think that you have loose morals, right? I hope not. So, and a, and a woman in that culture, in that day, if their hair was cut extremely short, that was a sign that they was a prostitute. So you can see why this could create a conflict. Because they're wanting to make sure that women don't portray the wrong message to those outside the church, right? So if it was the, the tradition or the culture in our society to today that any woman didn't have something over her head when she came into church, well, she was a, a woman of the night, well, I hope you women would wear something over your head, right? But that's not our, you know, today, that kind of, a woman with loose morals, there are signs, yes. Uh, it's not a head covering. Uh, normally, a sign, you know, you watch the news. You get down in the big city, and if they're standing out on the street corner and, and too much of their body's being revealed, you know that that woman got loose morals, right? That there is signs today, but it's different than the sign back then. Paul said in verse 16, But if anyone seems to be contentious, we have no such custom, nor do the churches of God. I want to give another little twist to this. In Galatians 3, 26-29, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Speaking to all, you are all men, women, young, old. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For you are... For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So Paul's whole principle, his whole theological principle of this passage is for unity. That's what it's all about. It's to, to bring unity in this body of believers. What did Paul say in our previous chapters? When I was with those that ate anything, I could eat anything. When I was with those that refrained from eating pork, well, I wouldn't eat it. When I was with those that honored this, I'd honor that. Or didn't honor this, okay, I didn't honor I had the freedom. The freedom in Christ. He would be whatever it was. What? For? So that he could preach Christ. That's his main principle, is to preach Christ. To preach Christ and Him crucified. The forgiveness of sins. That we must repent and believe on Jesus Christ to be forgiven. Wednesday, I, I borrowed this from our Wednesday Bible study that Rosanna David brought up. 
Philippians 1, 12 and 13. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Paul's in chains. He's in prison. So that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. So in closing, I want to return to Paul's statement. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. And he says, my chains are in Christ. When Paul says, my chains are in Christ, he's saying, I am willingly bound to Christ. The palace guard thought they were bound to him, but he was willing to be bound to Christ, whatever it may have meant, whether it meant being shipwrecked, whether it meant being beaten, whether it meant being imprisoned, he was bound to Christ at all cost. Whatever the cost, he was willing to follow Jesus Christ wherever he led. Can we imitate Paul as he imitates Christ to that extent? That's my message. That's my word with closing. Can we follow to that extent? Are we willing to be bound to Christ? At all costs. All costs. Whatever it takes. And the imitation, the most important imitation of, of Paul is to cry, preach Christ. That's it, church. That is, the, that is our most important thing is to preach Christ. To preach salvation to the lost. That's, we've been talking about that a lot Wednesdays and even this morning. To redeem the time. To redeem the time. Redeem. Bring those in that do not know Him. That's what it's all about. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. Preach Christ. Are we willing to submit to His authority? I guess I should go back to that covering thing. You know, we don't have that tradition. So we don't have to cover our heads with it. But don't go out there and, re, and, and you know, live like you're living for Him, like Jesus is watching, like He's walking there with you. And s- submit to that authority that He has put in order, but most importantly, submit to His authority over your life. Be willing to be bound to Him. Just a, a symbolic chain binding you to Jesus Christ is where we need to be in our faith. Whatever He says, I will do. Wherever He calls, I will go. I will be faithful to Him in all things. Amen?